Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh and a very good evening. Welcome to the airways of the Voice of the Cape on 91.3 FM with myself, Muhammad Zain Majid, and of course uh, the program being QA. Our lines are open immediately on the number 021-442-3530. But of course, the easy way to do it is to SMS us to the number 47913. That is 47913. Uh, so you do that immediately so that you're able to get your question in. Also, during uh, this hour, hopefully, inshallah, we'll be linking up with the man cakes to find out whether the moon is indeed being sighted or not this evening. We'll find out later on. But first, joining us online, none other than the Honorable Mufti Abdul Qadir Hussein. Assalamu alaikum, Mufti. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Jazakallah khairan, Brother Muhammad Zain. Barakallah fikum. MashaAllah, who's Mufti keeping this evening? Alhamdulillah, wonderful, nice weather during the day, cold at night, but everything is fine, alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. Well, Mufti, going straight into our very first question, it says, Mufti, I would like to know if you are allowed to make salah with your shoes on. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Nahmaduhu wa nuswalli ala rasulihi al-kareem. Amma ba'd, all praise is due to Almighty Allah the sustainer, nourisher, and cherisher of this universe. Peace, blessings, and salutations be upon our beloved master and leader, Nabi Muhammad Mustafa sallallahu alayhi wasallam. When one studies the noble Quran, then we find all Allah teaches us in Surah Taha, chapter number 20, verse number 12, فَقَلَعَنَ عَلَيْكَ إِنَّكَ بِالْوَادِ الْمُقَدَّسِ تُوَى Almighty Allah commanding Nabi Musa alayhi salam, remove your sandals, your shoes, because you are in a holy valley, in the valley of Tua. So therefore, when we go to the masjid, then we must remove our shoes and sandals and so forth. However, if a person has some illness or sickness, or the person is reading with some soft, soft type of shoe, and he can make ruku and sajda and all it properly, and it is here properly clean, he's sure of it, then it will be permissible as a last resort. But best is to remove the, so- the, the, the shoes and the sandals. You can indeed remember our SMS line number uh, 47913. All you do is simply type out text and you send it to 47913. Now, Mufti, is it permissible for a mature female aged 30 to 45 to travel with a group of mature females without her mahram, but she will be amongst females, hence female group? They will just uh, have one male spiritual leader, uh, Mufti? It's haram to do so, and that spiritual leader cannot be a true spiritual leader when he is going to be with 30, 35 women. Definitely, that is absolutely haram. The only time Islam allows the women to go in a group will be for a farz hajj, according to the Shafi'is and the Maliki scholars and jurists. If it is a nafil hajj, voluntary hajj, or umrah, then definitely it is not permissible. So it is not something permissible according to any school that they go now for holiday or they are going for umrah. All that is absolutely haram according to the Sharia. Uh, next question, Mufti. It says, when one has to hustle for Haid or Janaba, does one have to cover the body or can one do it naked, Mufti? 
When a person takes a ghusl, then best is that a person covers the body and then you wash this more haya, shame and modesty. But if you are in a place where there is complete, complete privacy, nobody can see you, then if you are totally naked in the nude and you take your ghusl, whether it's for hayes, advances, or whether janaba after husband-wife relationship, then all that will be permissible as well, provided that there is complete privacy. The voice of uh, Mufti Abdul Qadir Hussainia on the voice of the Cape 91.3 FM. Uh, continue sending those SMSs, your questions for Mufti on 47913. That is 47913. We'll continue with QA after this. Continue now with the program Q&A on the Voice of the Cape 91.3 FM And uh, remember that SMS line number is 47913 Send your questions to 47913 SMSs are charged at 150 Now Mufti, uh, next question It says, can Mufti please explain the Islamic history Why did the Prophet ﷺ perform the Dhuwr and Asr prayers silently? When Mustafa ﷺ returned from Mi'raj then Nabi alayhi salatu salam used to read the Zohar Asar Salat loudly, but the mushrikeen, the polytheists, and non-Muslims in Makkah, they started making a big noise interfering with Nabi sallallahu alayhi and Sahaba. So therefore, then Nabi alayhi salatu salam read softly. So it shows that initially it was loudly, but thereafter it became softly because, and we continue with it softly now, because that was the final action of Mustafa Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Okay, on to the next question, Mufti. Our assistant uh, imam from another country is losing most of the salah, teaches Arabic, and cleans the toilets while we have a caretaker um, that is fair while engaged in reading the Quran. Do we have to stop our reading? And, uh, and yeah, do we have to stop our reading while he's cleaning, Mufti? Remember that here yeah, there are two, three issues. If you are asking that you have an assistant imam and that assistant imam is making imamat and so forth, so that's fine if the imam is not dead and he can make imamat. But obviously that the imam must not be shirking his responsibilities and then just, you know, exploiting the deputy imam. If you are asking that the assistant imam, he is now cleaning the toilets and all that, Definitely that is incorrect and that should not be part of his contract. It does not mean if a person comes from one of the African countries, now we exploit him and tell him that you have to clean the toilets and so forth. So all that is unacceptable. Remember, Salat behind him will be valid, but for the trustees or the management to tell him to clean the toilet is not to get somebody else and that other person pay him to clean the toilets and so forth. Mufti, I'd like to know, if a female discharge, does it break her wudu and what uh, does she do when she discharged while performing salah? Does she carry on or break away from the salah? Yeah, there are two, three issues. The first usul and principle, you mothers and sisters should know, all discharge breaks wudu except perspiration and sweat. So 
all all discharge will break the wudu except the perspiration and sweat. Second one is this, if you get discharge occasionally, then remember your wudu, salat, everything is broken. You go and make istinja, clean yourself, everything, clean the underwear, make wudu and repeat the salat. Third situation and scenario, if it is happening all the time, most of the time, then you fall in the category of da'im al-hadas, a ma'azur person, ma'azura. Then at the beginning of every salat, when the time comes in, then you make a fresh wudu, and then you perform your salat. Then you are considered as a person who is excused and ma'azura or da'im al-hadas, because this is happening all the time. Now, Mufti, can I send other family members who are not well-off, poor, for Umrah with interest money? They, they won't know that it's interest money, and I know I won't be getting any reward either. No, that's not right, because you must remember that you are sending them to a holy place, and now you want to give them this interest money. If they are poor and so forth, then you can give them zakat money, or give them sadaqah money, and then you send them with that money, tell them, you suggest to them, you can't make a condition, if it is zakat and so forth, then you can tell them that, see, they take this money and go and perform umrah, then it's fine, but not with interest money, because remember, to go to such holy places, there's always contamination, and so forth when we use interest money. Mufti, is it allowed to stinger your mother when nature calls, when only the son is available, or does he have to wait for a female relative to do it, Mufti? Remember, in a case like that, the daughters or daughter-in-law, or you keep a maid, and she must be responsible for that to make the istinja of the mother if the mother is bedridden and so old and so sickly. The son should not be doing this. Remember that. It must be a female to do that. Islam is what we call the laws of morality and shame and modesty. Next question, it says, Assalamu alaikum, respected Mufti. Uh, some ulama say that milk banks are permissible. Are they? Probably breast when milk. We, when we say about milk banks, the way we understand the question is that now there will be 50, 100,000 Allah knows, and they will now be giving their excess milk to that bank. And then from there, they will be breastfeeding, those, giving milk to those children there. So definitely, according to majority scholars, that is not permissible because what will happen is that all of them now, we don't know there will be ikhtilatul ansab. We need to understand when the, a lady breastfeeds a child, according to the Hanafis and the Malikis, irrespective of the amount, and that baby is two years old or less than two years old, then that baby becomes the foster child, and that lady who's breastfeeding becomes the foster mother, and then it extends, you know, it goes to the other members of the family and so forth. So if you're going to have now the bank, then what will happen? We won't know, and according to the Shafi'is and Malikis, it's five times you breastfeed and so forth. But the fact of the matter now will be, we don't know whose milk it is, so there there's great, great fear of ikhtilatul ansab and so forth. That is means that the adulteration of the lineage and so forth. So therefore, with due respect, we cannot agree with whosoever passed that fatwa, but we will stick with the majority and, uh, and Jumur, as we say in Arabic, and that is, it is not permissible.
The voice of uh, Mufti Abdul Qadir Hussein here on the voice of the Cape 91.3 FM. Our SMS line number 47913 for your questions. You can send it to 47913. Next question, it says, uh, Mufti, I'm divorced for 24 years. Uh, what do I do to find a good partner? I make all my salahs and make all my dhikrs daily, but nothing happens. We'll get some advice uh, from Mufti for this lady after this. Continue sending those questions into 47913. Well, let's go back to that question we posed Mufti before the break. It says, Mufti, I'm divorced for 24 years. What can I do to find a good partner? I make all my salahs and make all my dhikrs daily, but nothing happens. Mufti? You need to do the following. First is never lose hope in the mercy of all. Make Allah. La taqnatuhum ya rahmatullah, the Qur'an Karim states, never become disillusioned in the mercy of Allah. Second, daily read two rakat salat, for example, now after Maghrib, after Isha, and beg all Allah, Allah, go into sajda and make dua, and read this dua abundantly, sister, Surah 25, Surah Furqan, verse 74, Rabbana hablana min azwajina wa dhurriyatina qurata'ayun. Oh Allah, grant us such spouses and children that the coolness of the eyes, Surah 25, verse 74. Shukran indeed, Mufti. Going on to our next question, a listener wants to know, he says, often he heard Mufti saying that if a husband gives his wife three talaks with one go, that would be complete and that would fall as three talaks. But do you know for a fact that the Muslim Judicial Council often look at the different scenario and would take the three uh, talaks only as one, Mufti? Is that another view? Remember that we follow the four schools, and the four schools take their rulings from the Quran Kareem and from the Sunnah of Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam. So on this issue here, if a husband ABC gave his wife three talaqs, either verbally or writing, whether it's Shafi'is, Malikis, Hanafis, Hanbalis, they all say the three talaqs is valid and it's counted as three. And remember to say it's counted as one. That view is of Ibn Taymiyyah, but reject Rahimahullah, but rejected by all the scholars of the four schools. So therefore, we will not agree with any organization or any alim that three talaqs is one talaq, we will say it's three, because this is a very, very serious issue. There is ittifaq and consensus among the four schools on this issue. This question, Mufti, says, I was adopted by parents and I have no idea who my biological parents are. If I were to find out who they are, what are my responsibility towards them and any siblings I may have, especially uh, with regard to my will, Mufti? Regarding yourself, maybe you should ask your adopted parents that who your biological parents are. If they say they don't know because you know they took you when you were very small from some orphanage or some place like that, then obviously you can make other inquiries. So if you do determine and find out who your biological parents are, then you must communicate with them, you must keep ties with them, not forgetting the favor and the ihsan that the adopted parents did. And a very good question you asked, brother, sister, 
that if you know your parents are alive, your biological parents, then they will be inheriting, remember, and regarding your adopted parents, if you wish, you could bequeath for them, make wasiya for them, the maximum amount of wasiya you make for them, because they are not heirs, that is one-third. So that are the ramifications and consequences of that. Inshallah, you make dua, my advice to you, ask Allah for khair. Ya Allah, if it is good, then let my parents and myself meet, and if it is not good, and maybe the non-Muslim or whatever Allah knows, then inshallah, Allah knows best. Mufti, my husband grooms his beard quite often than normal. What is Mufti's view on this? Regarding the beard, we must keep the beard. And if you want a scholarly academic article on this and a book, then Hazrat Sheikh Bonana Zakaria, Nawarallah Marqadahu, the great scholar, passed away in Medina Munawwara, wrote a book in Arabic, Hujubu Lihya, and there he's got the evidence for all four schools, and the ta'aliq, the footnote, have been by Sheikh, the Grand Mufti of Saudi Arabia, who passed away a few years ago, Sheikh Abdul Aziz bin Abdullah bin Baz, rahimahullah. So yes, it is compulsory for the men to keep the beard, and not just the bok barti, but their full beard. <laughs> Shukran indeed. Our number 021-442-3530, and of course our SMS line number 47913. Next question, Mufti. Quite a few questions within the, this one, from this one person. It says, if a husband gives three talaks once, is it valid? Number two, and when when does the idda start? And then the husband went to the imam, and the imam say it's not valid. So what's the right thing? Uh, the, the lady says, and how can a woman go for ifasah after that ordeal? As she don't want to be with this man anymore. Too much went on, and haven't been with him intimate for the last year, Mufti. Remember that in a case like that, as I mentioned just now, all three talaks have taken place, and that is the verdict of all four schools. Second issue, when does the iddat start? You must remember the iddat starts immediately after the talaq has been issued, whether verbally or in writing. And according to the Shafi'is and Malikis, it is three periods of cleanliness after the talaq. So when the third period of cleanliness ends, then the iddat finishes. And according to Hanafi, Humbleies, it is three period menses. So when the third menses finishes, then the iddat expires. There is no need to go to imam and this one and that one. Finish you out of that person's nikah. If you want, you can get married to somebody else. You are total strangers for one another. It's haram for you all to live in one house, and it's haram for him to have intimacy and conjugal rights with you. You are total strangers to one another, irrespective of who says what. Next question, Mufti. Uh, listener says, Our ladies, young and old, are uh, these days wearing the new style scarves, head scarves, turban to the back, exposing the neck and chest area. Is this acceptable for uh, uh, Muslim women? Definitely not permissible. There are multiple sins involved there. Our mother, Siddiqa Sayyida Aisha, radiallahu anha, used to say, Allimu nisa'akum surat al-nur. Teach your female surah nur, chapter number 24. And in Surah 24, Surah Nur, verse 31, you will find these verses there. All Makkala states, Well, yadribna bi khumuri inna ala juyubihin, and wala yubadina zinatahun. So you cannot expose your beauty, you cannot expose your neck and above your bosom and all these places there. All that is absolutely haram. So you ladies must make sure everything is covered properly and not imitate fashion. So definitely for Muslim ladies to wear that, wear a 
portion of the back or the neck or front and is up and is open and exposed, definitely unacceptable, not permissible. Next question. Uh, my late mother had a Muslim wall in place and a month uh, later, whilst my mother was terminally ill and not in sane frame of mind and two of the sisters drew... Um, two staff members to sign as a witness. They drew up their own will. Is it not fraud? And for a cheek, she stole the Islamic will out of the drawer, which was supposed to be given to the executor. Uh, this person pr- pr- says uh, he needs some uh, legal advice as well, Mufti, how to get these wills to the master's court. Some advice for this person, Mufti? Definitely what was done is absolutely haram and is fraud. What you must do is gather all the heirs and it is compulsory that the estate of the deceived lady, the mother, Allah, give a genital to those. You, the sons and daughters, you must now distribute the ratio two to one. So, for example, it is three sons, three daughters, you make nine shares, six shares for the three sons and three shares for the three daughters. And that world which they cooked up and fabricated does not worth the paper on which is written and if you want a written fatwa you can just email me mufti at telcomsa.net and we will send you the fatwa in writing and you can then present it to the master whoever else you want to or contact any of the ulama there in Cape Town or the MJC or whoever you have confidence in. Another sister is divorced for three years mufti what do I can she make so that she can attract a good pious man inshallah? Read Ya Wadud, Ya Wadud, abundantly. And Wadud means love, that Almighty Allah brings some person loving, caring for you. And Rabbana Hablana Min Azwajina Wadurriyatina Kurota Ayun. Surah 25, verse 74. Oh Allah, grant us such spouses, meaning for the ladies, husband, and for the husband, the wives, and Olad and offspring and progeny that are the coolness of the eyes. Next question, um, would like to know whether a husband can get married to a to someone on the same day that he gave his wife uh, his uh, talaq, Mufti? Yes, that's permissible, but remember that you can't get married to the wife with the talaq, sister. Anybody else who's permissible for you, that will be permissible. But obviously you should think also properly that now you might be angry. You gave one lady talaq. Now not in anger to spite her, you're getting married to somebody else. Then that marriage also will not last very long. So you can get married, it's no problem, but think about it properly. It will not be a decision just done to spite your ex-wife. Now, why is masturbation haram? Is it not worse to perform an act of zina? And then the second question to this is, uh, is it haram for husband and wife to um, perform the act on each other, Mufti? Here there are three questions. When a person is not married, male or female, and they do the masturbation, remember that it's sinful. And when Imam Shafi'i rahimahullah was asked about this, then he quoted Surah 20, he quoted Surah 23, that is Surah Mu'minun, verses 4, 5, and 6. A person must keep, uh, you know, his private part, chaste and so forth. Unless now he's married, he goes to the wife, the wife goes to the husband. And whosoever goes beyond that, they are transgressors. So therefore, masturbation is sinful. Second reason here is, if a person now is not married and he's got lust and desire, 
then you must fast, oh brother and sister. In that way, for inna soma lahu the fasting will crush the desire. The hadith in Bukhari Sharif. Third one is this, the husband and wife, can they do this on one another? When the wife is in a menses, and then the husband is on a high, you know, he is now firing on all cylinders, and you are in menses, then the wife can do that for the husband. But when you are tahira, you are clean, then remember, the wife cannot do that. When there's water, you can't make tayammum now. So when you can do the whole action, so what do you want to do? All these other things now. So do the whole action properly, mashallah. <laughs> Shukran indeed. Mufti, continue sending in those SMSs to the number four. Four seven nine one three. A lady wants to know, I had a miscarriage when I was three months pregnant, Mufti. I heard that my unborn child will continue to grow in Jannah. Is this true? A child of yours, inshallah, will intercede for you on the day of Qiyamah and is a big blessing for you. Many a time, things are difficult in this world. You carried that fetus for three months and then there was a miscarriage and so forth. Difficult times, but remember, it is a blessing in disguise. Yes, inshallah, the child will intercede for you and take your hand and enter you also into Jannah, inshallah. I mean, inshallah. What are we going to do now is pay the bills. When we come back, we continue with the program Q&A. Continue now with the voice of the Cape on 91.3 FM. Of course, the program being QA with myself, Muhammad Zain Machit, answering your questions. None other than Mufti Abdul Qadir Hussein joining us online. Uh, next question it says uh, The father was a non Muslim before and married. There is one child uh, born out of the marriage. Then the parents divorced. He married a Muslim woman. Can he change the first child's name without the non Muslim mother's consent, Mufti? Yeah, the question is not 100% clear, mm. so I'll answer it both ways. That if that person got married to the Muslim lady and he remained a non-Muslim, then obviously that that is zina and absolutely haram, and the child lineage will go to the mother because it is illegitimate child. If that person was a non-Muslim and he embraced Islam and then they got married, then the lineage of the child will go to the father. So we need to know which one happened there. Did he remain non-Muslim or embrace Islam before the nikah? And then obviously for the people to just change the name, that will not be the surname because if the lineage goes to the father, then you can't change the name to the mother or anybody else. That's a major, major sin. Can one go for an Umrah if you haven't been for Hajj yet? Yes, it is permissible. You know, nowadays there's a quota system and a lot of logistical problems. So if people want to go now during Shaban or during Ramadan, all that is permissible, no problem, even though they have not performed their Hajj. Now, Mufti, is a Fasakh valid if the husband and wife got together uh, during the Idda period? You must remember that a fasakh means that the judicial council or ulama and so forth, they annul this marriage. 
Then during the Iddah, the husband and wife are haram for one another. And if they got together and slept and so forth, then they committed a big mix, a major sin. Before that, what they should have done is perform a new nikah. And if a new nikah was done in Iddah between the ex-wife, ex-husband, that is fine. But now they just slept together, so both parties must repent, and now they must get married, make a nikah, and then they can be firing on all cylinders in a halal way. <laughs> uh, Mufti, uh, during the time of a janazah, can I allow my non-Muslim neighbors to assist with the washing of the mate? They're very good uh, neighbors, Mufti. No, 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 no. The mayit, when it comes to the bathing and the ghusl and the kafan, remember all that only Muslims must do. Yes, if they want to be present at the janazah, meaning that you have the janazah, for example, at the graveyard, or you have it in an open field somewhere, and they want to come there just to see how we are, you know, reading the funeral prayer, the janazah salat, or they want to come to the graveyard to see how Muslims bury, so that's fine. But for them to be physically active, in the gusal and bathing, no, definitely not permissible. Uh, next question, Mufti. If a widow remarries, is it permissible for her mukallaf daughter to live with her? Yes, remember Quran Karim says that Warabai Bukumulati fi Ujurikum Minisa Ikumulati Dakhaltum Bihinna. Now the lady got married to a new person, right? The first husband passed away, let's say. So now once this new husband consummates the marriage with this lady, then this lady's daughter and that person there, the stepfather, there is no hijab between them. He becomes a mahram. So Quran is clear on this. Surah 4, verse number 23. This question says that um, today was commemorated Ascension Day. What does Islam say on this particular event, Mufti? We must remember that this is the Christian belief. Some places they have this Ascension Day and so forth. That Nabi Isa alayhi salam was taken up on this day and first he was, you know, crucified. So we reject all that. We say that Wama Kataluhu Wama Salabuhu Walakin Shubialahum, nor did they kill Nabi Isa alayhi salam, nor did they crucify him and so forth. Yes, we believe when the enemies, the Jews tried to kill Nabi Isa alayhi salam, before they could do that, Almighty Allah took Nabi Isa salam to the heavens in the state of awakeness and in physically. And before Qiyamah, he will come down. He will then pass away a natural death day in Medina Munawwara. Be buried next to Mustafa sallam. So when I say we reject it, we reject what the Christians are believing in about first Nabi Isa salam was crucified and so forth. Now, Mufti, as a human being, I may, um, many times I sit down and remember the wrongs I have done, and this scares me, and I fear the punishment of the grave. I do try and make Toba as much as I can, but the fear of death still scares me. Is this a normal feeling, Mufti? That's a very, very good feeling. At-tawbah to an-nadama. What is tawbah and repentance? It is to have regret and remorse. So when you, my brother or sisters, are thinking, we all are sinners. There's no person living today who has not committed the sin. So, kullukum khatta'oon. Each one of you is a sinner. Wa khayrul khatta'in at-tawabun. Mustafa Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, the best sinner is the one who is making sincere tawbah and repenting. So, the hadith in Mishkat Sharif. So daily, brother, sister, ask Almighty Allah for forgiveness and the mercy of Allah is that Allah will forgive us, inshallah. 
Mufti, can one join the two Fard Salahs, that being of Asr and Maghrib, if one missed Asr? No, remember that it's haram to do Quran Kareem states, Hafidu ala salawati wa salatil husta. You must guard all your salats, and especially the middle one. And 90% of the ahadith tell us the middle salat is salatul asr. So now this person, yeah, was busy shopping or whatever sports or whatever you, till the sun set. And now they want to combine asr and maghrib. That's haram. Mustafa sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Man fatatu salatul asri, faka'annama wutira ahluhu wa maluhu. The hadith in Tirmidhi. When a person must the Asr Salat. Imagine a person, you come home, your whole house, all your belongings, everything have been burnt and everything. Your entire family has been killed and shot or whatever, Allah forbid. So that is the harm and the sin of missing one Asr Salat. When a person is a traveler, then they combine Zohar and Asr and Maghrib and Isha. Not Asr and Maghrib. Remember, that's not permissible. Now, Mufti, must I return a greeting when I'm busy reading Quran? When a person is reciting Quran and somebody enters and they greet you, then that person can greet you, it's fine, but it's not compulsory upon you to reply. If you reply, it's fine. You continue with the recitation of the Noble Quran, that's fine. So the, the response and the reply is not compulsory. Uh, on to our next question. I said, Mufti, is it compulsory for a woman to perform a karma? Remember Mustafa sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, لَيْسَ عَلَى النِّسَاءِ أَذَانٌ وَلَا إِقَامًا There is no azan or iqama upon the ladies. However, there is one verdict of the Shafi'is that say that if the lady makes iqama only, then that's fine. But majority scholars say that also is unacceptable. On to our next question. My husband is the youngest in the family. Is it his duty to see to his brothers and sisters and to provide a roof over their heads, Mufti? Now, remember, every brother who is sane, mature, working, they must look after themselves and fend for themselves, look after their wives and children. The young brother maybe has got a roaring business, flourishing business. So that does not mean it is his duty. If he's giving something to his brothers, sisters, siblings, he's doing a favor, it's not compulsory. However, if their mother is alive, then all the brothers and sisters who can afford it, but the brothers especially, the son, they must pay and look after their beloved mother. They cannot shirk that responsibility. Going on to our next question. Uh, it says, why is it that a lot of Muslims, unfortunately, is okay with the daughters having non-Muslim boyfriends and being so proud because of the jobs and the status that these boys have? We get a comment from Mufti after this. The Voice of the Cape, 91.3 FM Stereo. <laughs> to the last few minutes of our program Q&A on the Voice of the Cape um, uh, still a few SMS's that we can still answer but of course we won't be able to get to everything we have received quite a few Alhamdulillah next question the question in fact we posed before the break it says uh, Mufti why is it that a lot of Muslims are okay with the fact that their daughters are having non-Muslim boyfriends and uh, then they're still being so proud of them because uh, of the status and the jobs that they have Mufti 
If you take a survey today, you will find 90% of the Muslims they have TV, they have internet, they have access to all these modern things. Now, when we have all this, the thought process and the thinking of the Muslim, Bilal, things like Bali, Maryam, things like Mary, and now the Kafir, non-Western values, non-Muslim values, that becomes those Muslim, so-called Muslim values. So they said boyfriend, girlfriend are acceptable and the girlfriend, can, the girl, Muslim girl, can have a non-Muslim boyfriend. So imagine how low we have become. We have lost sense of our identity. We have lost our haya, shame, and morality, and modesty. And worst is the parents are shirking their responsibilities just because of the few lousy rain and dollars that the daughters or the sons are bringing in. So that is where the problem comes about. Remember, fathers, for you and mothers, Quran, Karim states, Oh, you who believe, save yourself and your children, your family from the fire. To you, brothers, sisters, who got boyfriend, girlfriend, Muslim, non-Muslim, non-Muslim is worse. Quran, Kareem states, Wala taqrabu zina, do not even go near fornication, adultery. Wala muttakhidina akhdan, wala muttakhidati akhdan. You cannot have boyfriend, girlfriend, both verses are mentioned. And then the third one is, remember in Islam, the quality of haya, shame, and modesty. Innal iman wal haya aqurana. Iman and faith and haya, shame and modesty are partners. When one disappears, then the other one also disappears. Allah forbid. The hadith in Bayahaki and Mishka Sharif. Therefore, we must inculcate the quality of haya, shame and modesty. Otherwise, we'll lose everything. Mustafa sallallahu encapsulated it by saying, When you don't have haya, and modesty, you will do as you please. It's authentic hadith in Sahih Muslim and various compilations. I was just going to squeeze in this last one for this evening. It says, what is the meaning of mu'afath which is mentioned in a lengthy dua, Mufti? Repeat the question, please, Brother Muhammad. The, the word is the meaning of the Arabic word mu'afath. Mu'afath. Mm. Remember that uh, the word, I think, you know, spelled properly or pronounced properly, but anyway, that Mu'asab, the way I understand it will be that those du'as that you have authenticity for it, Asar, from the word Asar, so Asar will mean you take it back to Mustafa, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, or you can find and trace it back to the Sahaba, or you can trace it back to the Tabi'in and so forth. So that is the, otherwise I think that person there must spell the word properly, then we can pronounce it properly, but that's the way I understood the question. Well, Mufti, that leaves us with all our questions this evening. Uh, we, there's a lot more than 50 that we couldn't get to, but Alhamdulillah, what we'll do is next week, we'll try and touch on those questions first, inshallah. Uh, that leaves us with a few, just three minutes uh, with uh, some nasiha, Mufti, inshallah. Uh, what happened regarding the moon? The, the moon summaries, what happened? They haven't contacted us, Mufti, so they probably don't have a decision yet, I suppose. Otherwise, they would have contacted us. Uh, so we'll probably make the announcement after Aisha, inshallah. Well, it's almost of honeymoon anyway. <laughs> Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. 
Okay, my advice tonight, dear brother, dear sister, is regarding the month of Shaban. If the moon is sighted, it means that Shaban has started in Makkah, Mukarramah, Medina, Munawara. It starts tonight. Definitely is the first tonight. Tomorrow is the first day in Makkah, Mukarramah, Medina, Munawara, and Majlul Aqsa. Now, what should we as Muslims do? The hadith is mentioned in Tirmidhi. Ayyusomi afdal ba'da Ramadan, ya Rasulullah. Which fast is the best, O Mustafa sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, after Ramadan? Paul Mustafa sallallahu alayhi wa sallam answered and said, Sha'ban, lita'azimi Ramadan. The fast of Sha'ban is the best, and that is out of honor and respect for the month of Ramadan. The hadith in Tirmidhi Sharif on the authority of Anas radiallahu Second, dear brother, dear sister, when you see the new moon, the crescent, say, Hilalu khayrin wa rushdin, Hilalu khayrin wa rushdin. Oh, Almighty Allah, make this new moon and crescent a month of khayr, goodness, wa rushdin, and righteousness. This is not only for Shaban. Whenever the new month starts, the new lunar month, then we say, you can say, Allah Akbar, Allah Akbar is mentioned in Tirmidhi, and Hilalu khayrin wa rushdin is mentioned in Abu Dhabi. So learn the dua and read the dua. Hilalu khayrin wa rushdin. And third thing, dear brother, dear sister, let us now purify ourselves, cleanse ourselves for the honorable month of Ramadan. Just today I did a program, and subhanallah, when the month of Shaban used to start, and in Cape Town it's so prevalent, mashallah, then the ulama call it Shahrul Qurra, the month of the Qaris, and the Hafiz have started. Now all the imams and the Qurra are worried that I'm going to perform Taraweeh. Let me start brushing up my Quran. So we, the public, also let us start reading more Quran, more charity, more fasting. Let us prepare, inshallah, for the great visitor that will come. And that is the honorable month of Ramadan. So may Almighty Allah give us all tawfiq and envelope us in special mercy. Barakallahu feekum. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Jazakallah khair, Mufti. And we greet you and, of course, look forward to seeing you next week or chatting to you next week. Until then, assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.